Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy, and with me as always, he is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Arn Anderson to my Steve Austin. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? Much I can do with that. <laughs> uh, did Arn Anderson have any... I know he had a, a bunch of cool lines that he said, but I, I can't think of any like right off the top of my head that was like something he would frequently say. <sighs> no, mm. yeah, he's very like, basic on the mic. Yeah, it was like he's a he was a great talker, but you know, he didn't have he didn't have that like punctuation that everybody remembers. You know, maybe that's why Ric Flair gets remembered. <laughs> Plus, you know, the whole you know sixteen titles even, or whatever. I think even JJ Dillon was better than him, honestly. <laughs> Wow, I can't. I don't remember any. Oh, I'm getting hell. I know. I can't remember any JJ Dillon promos off the top of my head. And I heard that Oli was really good on the mic, but I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Oli's stuff. I mean, you know, between all the n words and whatever, I'm sure he was fine. But good lord. (laughs) Okay, and now I'm getting hell. But anyway, uh, but him and Dick Murdoch are good friends, huh? Well, uh, yeah, well, we're just, hey, we're just shoveling it home today, dude. <laughs> two, two people that are on this show today, man, we're going to talk about our uh, well-known um, uh, big R's, we'll say. Uh, well, I mean, Ole Anderson, I think, is alleged that he's racist. I, I don't know. I, whatever. Is Dick on the show? Uh, Jim Hurd? No, this was... Uh, no, I said, no Dick Murdoch. Oh, Dick Murdoch. No, no, no. He's not on this show. Okay. I, did I miss something? <laughs> no, uh, uh, Mr. Bill Watts is on the show. Oh. So, yeah. So, we'll have to talk about him That's a little another bit. alleged. <laughs> yeah. That's one of them old, uh, you know, Oklahoma boys that, um, we'll just say, has some old Southern views of, of things. But uh, we'll, we'll get into some of that. <laughs> anyway, there we're doing, going back to 1992 today. I kind of pulled this show out because I'm like, eh, whatever. Let's let's cover a WCW show from this era. I don't know about you. Uh, did, were you big into WCW in '92 or watching it at all? I'm not gonna say big, but I watched all the pay-per-views at my dad's friend's house. And uh, you, and I know you said you were always a little stinger. So oh yeah, uh, if there was one guy, that was the one. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like as a kid, I wouldn't have cared about them. Maybe I'm wrong. I Maybe I'm underestimating myself as a kid. But honestly, I, I WWE offered more of a kid-friendly product. And I don't know. I, I didn't watch a whole lot of going back. Oh, come on, dude. When you got RoboCop on the other channel, man, oh, that's kid-friendly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I completely forgot. We had, now in the archives, by the way, we reviewed that god-awful show. Even though... 
what's forgotten is that was a very hard art movie. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. It's like, um, is this supposed to appeal to kids? Because adults aren't going to like this, and kids aren't watching that movie, man. So, I don't know. But, yeah, so that Capital Punishment, go back and check that out in the archives if you dare. Or or don't. I don't blame you. Great. I'll hold you to it. I feel like... Just go down with it. You don't got to listen to me. Let's get us the number. Yeah, well, y'all go listen to it. I mean, we had fun with it, and we uh, we mocked it mercilessly, so there's that. Uh, but everybody that watches the show can see it's kind of a time capsule event where it's like, man, this is the state of where the WCW was at this time, very much in a weird spot. And there was some stuff going on on the other channel for the WWF that we'll get into as well that was uh, uh, decently big. I mean, nothing like earth-shattering, but couple of couple of big things that would turn out uh, in the future but real quick uh we're gonna pause right quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by swift lifestyles their clean energy drinks and focus enhancers great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the usa go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks that is all one word to get 15 percent off your order it's main event marks all one word for 15 percent off your order now that we're done with all of that, let's get into our first break. And on the other side, we're going to dive into the news and notes from the summer of 1992. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages, this is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, 
also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUpSports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. He's simply ravishing. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Just to let you know, the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT, that's all one word, to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. News and notes time. Despite attempts to keep it quiet before the show, it was discovered that Lex Luger suffered serious injuries in a motorcycle accident. Luger had been uh, had bought the bike and got hit and run by a car, resulting in a crushed elbow. He's in the hospital until June 15th and was unable to attend the World Bodybuilding Federation show. Man, that elbow injury would go on to be pretty infamous for him. <laughs> it became a whole shtick. Yeah, right. He started doing the running forearm and everything else. I like how they're like, well, you know, because he had a titanium plate in his forearm and I like how that became like, they're like, well, that's a, that's a weapon that he can't take off. So, you know, wasn't it in the WWF, they made him put on an elbow pad to cover it up? I think Cornette did, yes. When okay. he was facing Kazuna. <laughs> that was that was funny. Uh, it was good storytelling. Wow. I, was, I think it was good storytelling. It added an extra layer to it. Like, hey, the baby face has an unfair advantage inside of his body. So, uh, yeah, I could I could see that, but... Uh, I'm sure it wasn't very fun for uh, old Mr. Luger. Uh, speaking of the WBF show, Uncle Dave Meltzer couldn't report on it because the cable company canceled the, or his cable company rather, canceled the showing due to no one ordering it. The show is already do you know on. Who was, do you know who his company was? Uh, he doesn't say here. He, he's in your neck of the woods ish. So I don't, I don't know how, uh, if it's kind of similar from down there to where you are, but. Uh, I guess so they the were going to show it, but then they didn't. So that's, oh. you know that means. Hashtag plans changed. Now a shirt on our bonfire store, by the way. Go check that out. Uh, but the show is already an incredible bomb, doing a buy rate of less than 0. 0.05, and possibly the lowest in the history of pay-per-view. The Body Star uh, World the Bodybuilding WBF, Federation. Right? Yeah. I forgot all about this. I can't believe they put this on pay-per-view. 
Oh, I remember them pimping the hell out of it on WWE TV. So I remember too. Like they like, they tried. It's like, look, I understand that Vince has a fetish for big sweaty men, but it's like just because you like them, like watching them in simulated combat with characters and whatever, doesn't mean you want to watch them oil up and pose in a uh, in spandex or whatever. I hey, mean, there's... I like to watch it. <laughs> well. Hey, uh, he looks like he's getting a little dry over there. You mind if I take a break on you and go oil him up a bit? <laughs> the hell? <laughs> he wasn't even in WWF at this time, but, you know, there you go. No, he was still a dynamic dude, I believe. Yeah, right. Hey, boss, I flew in from Japan so I can oil you up. Who the hell are you? I'm Johnny Ace. I'm Animal's brother. But anyway. Uh, Who the hell is Animal? <laughs> Cowabunga, dude. Good but, God. Move on. <laughs> The Body Stars did a .04 rating, which is roughly the same thing that a test pattern gets. God. Uh, the, bo- the Body Stars show... serious company. Yeah, right. The Body Stars show is already being revamped into a spotlight on Cameo Nearer. Uh, apparently, she's the female co-host and uh, will now focus on wearing bathing suits and trying to sell the show as a fitness lifestyle show. Oh, well then. That makes she it more interesting. I have no idea who this woman is. I think I heard some a lot of their uh, people went on to be in the American Gladiators. Is that true? Ah, uh, you know what? I didn't do enough research on WPF to know. Uh, it wouldn't shock me though. I mean, I, uh, I think it's plausible. So, right. I mean, if I mean, might even be likely. But <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I have, like I said, I have no idea who the hell Cameo Nur is. I think I'm pronouncing her name correctly. I don't know. But she doesn't even have a Wikipedia like a radio page. DJ. Yeah. Uh, her first name is Cameo. It was like, so does that mean she can only be on the on the camera for, you know, a certain amount of time before it's... <laughs> no, no, it means you pay her like 50 bucks and she sends a video, like personalized video or something. That's what it means. Ah, uh, okay. There we are. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Doing a quick Google search, I, like Google image search on her. It looks like she's just, you know, a fitness model or whatever. So there you go. <sighs> you know, because if there's one thing that uh, cross o- crosses over, it's, you know, fans of wrestling and bodybuilding. Because, I mean, you've seen people at wrestling conventions. They totally look like they're into bodybuilding, right? Yeah. No? <laughs> you mean the Remember look that doesn't translate? around the... Uh... The one that was pulling around the uh, luggage in New Orleans, that guy. <laughs> oh, good lord! Yeah, uh, uh, you look like uh, you look like in his prime '80s Schwarzenegger, man. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Like that, like that dude I sent you a picture of. I can't remember if he was. I think he was posing with uh, Mickey James or something like that, and he's wearing an AEW shirt. And I was like, <laughs> you can just smell this picture. Wasn't that your guy? What's his name? Uh, oh, never mind. Move on. <laughs> good grief. <laughs> Anyway, uh, keeping on with this, Vince McMahon is said to still be be 100% behind the whole bodybuilding concept. However, a lot of wrestlers were pretty thrilled that the show was such a bomb because uh, it hopefully it will convince Vince to uh, drop the idea and concentrate on wrestling again. He really is friends (laughs) with Donald Trump, isn't he? (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, like when he loses or something fails that he's doing, oh, oh, we're doing well. How are you talking? No, it's still great. What are you talking about? How this, you know. Test pattern numbers. That's good, damn it. Yeah, right. It's like uh, they have one thing that strikes really big and they make a ton of money on it. And they try to translate it into other ventures and it just doesn't pan out. 
uh, this is one of those things. <laughs> That's so, simple. And Donald Trump was uh, real estate and stakes in water because you know those always go together. Yeah, right. <laughs> and his and his college and yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vince McMahon tried football, bodybuilding, karate. Football uh, twice. Know. Hold on. Yeah, right. be, make sure you get that right. Yeah, right. Twice. Well, and the, He's 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 tried a bunch of things. It just uh, just didn't pan films? out. I don't even know if that's still a thing. <laughs> I think uh, it technically is. They just haven't done anything in forever that I know of. Maybe or unless they just gave the rights to somebody else and they throw their name. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I, Why are I, those films on Peacock? By the way, I feel like they just not that I'm aching for them, mind you. I'm just saying they're not on Peacock. Uh yeah. I well, I think they're like co-owned. I think it's like they're one of the production companies, WWE Films, but the. You know, they're actually owned by, like, I don't know, something else. Probably Universal. I mean, it's USA, NBC, right? You know. Yeah. yeah I've, well, if they're on Peacock, yeah. But the WWF shot some angles from or for the European market, and they're hinting at the breakup of Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect yet again, while uh, Randy Savage is now totally ignoring Miss Elizabeth in his promos, so she's been erased. What mm. month is this? June... 92, right? Yeah. June 92. Oh. Uh, yeah, Elizabeth's pretty much gone. Flair and her will break up in late October, early November. Yeah, that's foreshadowing, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of weird. How, I mean, back then the internet wasn't a thing, so they could, you know, do something overseas and it didn't necessarily get to people over here, unless you bought the Observer, of course, which. Why? Blackly. Well, <laughs> told me. And Miss Elizabeth has been gone for months now, and uh, you know, I, I knew this because Dave Meltzer told me that they filmed something for a, a small European market. Anyway, <laughs> holy crap! That sounds like comic book guy, but like worse. <laughs> <laughs> Worst newsletter ever. Uh, grief. Uh, it is so bad. I will only subscribe for two more years. <laughs> right. If it does not get any better, but if it improves even slightly. I will excuse the fact that I will still keep paying $15 a month. Or whatever the hell it is. What do these idiots get money? Mom and dad. I didn't want to say. I'm glad you did. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yo, so you're going to let me get the, ha- uh, the, the, the hate. Cool, thanks. Well, I didn't necessarily disagree with you. So, well. <laughs> right. There you go. Well, something else. That was, yeah, uh, I got to feel that one. <laughs> well, roll tide. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Might it's be five o'clock. You're listening to Starbucks. Us. Starbucks drink uh, one of those bottles. Ah, nice. Uh, recently, I went to uh, a couple different uh, coffee shops down in Tennessee. Actually, they did you know they have a yeah, black knife? Might... I was <laughs> looking forward to going to coffee shops over there. Well, they actually have a building where you can get. Uh, do you know Black Rifle Coffee? I've heard of it. Okay, they're like uh, veteran. Reviews. Yeah, they're. They're veteran-owned and operated, and they actually have a building down there. And uh, we got, uh, we went through there and got coffee one day. It's actually pretty good. I mean, it's not like, oh my gosh, I got to keep coming back, but it's, you know, it's really good. So, just drip coffee, right? Say what? It's just drip coffee, right? I guess I don't. I don't. I'm assuming like they... black coffee, like a couple of black coffee. That's what we had, or did you have espresso? Oh, no, 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 no. I had a, I had a frap. Oh, then they do do espresso. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I've they, only heard about their drip beans that they sell wholesale. So oh yeah, I guess I'm only getting half the review to be fair. Yeah, I got uh, I can get their beans or their uh, their grounds in 
Cabela's around here. If anybody has never buy that. ground coffee, everybody heed my warning. It's bad. Look <laughs> back quickly. God, you gotta yeah. educate people, dude. Wow. You grind oh, bean, I, the clock starts. Okay. Boom. Good grief. I made a lot of money off coffee. Okay, I take it seriously. I will be. I will probably be back in it one day. Either way, getting back to wrestling here, I know coffee's your, uh, you know, uh, what you've done for a shoot job for a while. So there you go. Remember how you and I went to WrestleMania and SummerSlam and Survivor Series? Yeah. There you go. That's why. Boom. Yep. (laughs) But uh, either way, uh, something else that is uh, going away now. The Hulk Hogan Vitamin Company declared bankruptcy after getting a high as or getting as high as the fourth highest selling children's vitamin at one point. Only four, huh? I was mad because I never got any of these. They never had them anywhere in like my neck of the woods. Really? Never. And you know me. I wanted those like the kid wanted an N64 1995 for Christmas. I could not find them. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, I, I, they were, I mean, they were long gone by the time I was taking vitamins. So, uh, yeah, I just, I always did the Flintstone vitamins as a kid. So those were always popular. I think they're still around, aren't they? Oh, hell yeah. yeah I, I figured they were. Do you still take yours? I, I, <laughs> occasionally. Um, I, I think I heard some other smaller and more powerful now. So. Oh, well then. <laughs> that's my kind of vitamin anyway uh, <laughs> gonna let that pass on by either way uh, sadly the last set of WWF tapings were in Canada so the Mountie was unable to grace oh. those shows with his presence that's probably because he's legally not able to use the gimmick up there what the hell it's the beginning of the song uh, oh. wasn't it something like um they found it offensive or something like that, and they, they were painting Mounties look bad because he was the heel, something like uh, that. I th- yeah-ish, but I think there was an actual law uh, where, because they said he's not legally able to use it up there. So uh, I'm guessing it's like they consider it impersonating an officer, even though, you know, it's a effing wrestling gimmick. So I don't know. I think, if I'm correct, I think the Quebecers change their theme to we're not the Mounties. <laughs> right. Pretty sure. Yeah. So it's it's funny, though, that it's like, you know, you and I talk about, oh, you can razz on Canadians all you want. Nobody gives a crap. But this one is like they're so freaking sensitive. It's like, how dare you impersonate a, uh, a Mountie, eh? You know, we're, we're the few, the proud, the mounted police. <laughs> if the real argument was like, oh, because, you know, they're impersonating as a bat because he has the shock stick and all that. And like, right. Yeah. Maybe I can see that. It's the wrestling. I'm still saying no, but like at least that makes more sense than, oh, he's not real Mountie. Yeah. My thing is like, okay, so they're more sensitive than we are because we had a dude portraying an evil cop for like ever. Like he had G.I. Joe portraying a Iraq sympathizer. Right. You know, well, and it went, I mean, Sergeant Slaughter was a heel for most of like for a big part of his run oh, too, yeah. when he was he's still always American. Yeah, well, even then, it was like he was the because uh, I'm thinking of his feud with Pat Patterson. I think he was the heel, so the heel. Yeah, he was. yeah, so and he was like the pro-America guy. It's like so we can get over that, but then you're like, oh, this is no, it's too far, eh? Like, okay, 
Anyway, coming to uh, into the WWF are the new, new, new Samoans, Samu and Kokina, who will be feuding with the LOD. Uh, who the hell is That's Kokina? Gonna Kokina's Yokozuna. That's going to change a little oh, bit. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, somebody, I forgot about that. Yeah, because he was Kokina Maximus at one point, and then just Kokina. Yeah, uh, I, and the whole thing with Yokozuna coming along, is I mean, uh, Bruce Pritchard admitted it. He was like, Vince was basically like, well, we have too damn many Samoans. We, you know, what, what else can we do with you? You have, like, two. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, I think something? he's talking. Yeah, I'm like, so what's the proper percentage of Samoans? <laughs> well, I bet you his head's spinning right now as you speak. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, wait a minute, we got four of them? Five, six? God they dang hold, it, pal. They hold all the gold? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. No, Lou, Lou's getting ready to hold on with American title, so. <sighs> yeah. yeah, he's, hey, he's, uh. He's little, I, I he's probably bigger than his brothers, by the way, but he is the little one. <laughs> I th- I think Vince has some like Samoan fetish or whatever because he's always really liked the Samoans. Like, it's only until uh, Samoans and buff white dudes. You know what's that? Yeah, right. It was only until like after I want to say around the time Roman Reigns came in that he finally stopped portraying them all as Islanders. It's like, yeah, they can have like you know they're from the states. Like, well, yeah, it's true. But then the Usos did have the war dance, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, that one I took as like they were paying tribute to their heritage, but oh yeah, you know. totally. But I mean, like it was an island thing, right? So maybe yeah, it wasn't but, completely, but it was in the vein, right? Because you look at people like I mean, even Samoa Joe said when uh, the reason he turned down a contract for them years ago was they basically wanted to make him Umaga, and he said nah. I mean, he kind of does it. And TNA when he paints his face. <laughs> I know. That one, I was like, oh. so you oh. got mad because they wanted to put fake tattoos on you and have you act like a savage. And then you start carrying around this gigantic, like, cartoonish knife. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm painting uh. freaking symbols on your face. Uh, I guess he hated I didn't that. Hate that but... by the way. I didn't hate that. It's just I kind of it. ironic how it's like, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, hypocritical. <laughs> I hated what the fact that they put him in stupid ass sweatpants, and I thought the I thought the knife. Was I hold off dumb. on that because that might work very well been him. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I, wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm not I Brian was, Williams. I wasn't there. But good lord, no! If you're Brian Williams, you were there. So there you go. <laughs> uh, you saw well, the dead body. I'm not to say I was there. Uh, I think you might have mistook that. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I, I saw the dead bodies floating by my hotel as as I was taking sniper fire under the dead of night. <laughs> the Charlies were coming oh. around the corner. <laughs> I don't know. You anyway. said that. Okay. Yeah. Well. Either way. Uh, yeah, somebody else coming in here. Scott Hall debuted on TV as Razor Ramon, playing a Latino. Uncle Dave thinks. I wonder that how that's gonna go. Yeah. Right. Uh, Uncle Dave thinks it's a bit weird for Hall to be suddenly Hispanic, but WCW used two white guys to play black, so whatever. And Wait, who? That's who I was wondering. I was like, who? I, uh, maybe, is he talking about PN News? I was, I was going to say maybe PN News. I don't know if he was half okay, but, black. Okay, what does he mean by that? Like, because he's rapper and he must be part black? Yeah, and I'm like, who's, and, and second of all, who's the other guy? I'm like, PN News was the only one that came to mind. I'm like, huh? 
some asinine oh. thinking right there, but whatever. Oh, maybe maybe uh, Johnny B. Bad. It's the only one I can think of because he's supposed to be like Little Richard. But I guess so. But that's another one. He's not black. He's, he doesn't say he's black. He, I yeah, I mean, obviously he was more he's based, uh, flamboyant and right. I mean, obviously he's based on Little Richard. I mean, you can kind of tell, but at the same time, no, he, really. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just shocked the hell out of me. But at the same time, he doesn't ever say he's black, and nobody nobody says he's black. So he's just making assumptions. I don't, goes, I don't. I don't think until I was like fifteen years old, I didn't know what race he was. I mean, you know, yeah, it didn't matter. He's him, but like it just racially ambiguous. You know, you look at you look at him like you know to quote Steve Byrne. You know, where, they play detective with your face. Like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I, I still don't know what race he is. I'm going to say Italian, or yeah, Italian, because you think he's from New York, right? Is he? I, so I, I guess we'll go cliche. I would I would guess Italian, because I, he's one of them, like, deep in the Mediterranean Probably, kind of Italian. <laughs> and for anybody Which, who's maybe figure out what the hell we're talking about, we're trying to figure out what Dave Meltzer meant by two, uh, what do you say, white guys playing black guys? Yeah. Yeah, so that's why this can't be him though, because he said two white guys. This is he's clearly tan as hell, so it can't be him, right? Maybe he's assuming he's white, or maybe he does know what race. Maybe he's just got that Mac Cardona tan. (laughs) (laughs) He he puts he puts Mac Cardona to shame, man. He makes it look like he needs to hit the gym. Like, good lord, Johnny be bad, dude. Was like, I'm like, dude, is that natural? I I was a huge fan of his, and when he came in as uh, when he came in as. uh, Marvelous. No, I wasn't marvelous. What was it? Wild Man. Mm-hmm. I was a yes. huge fan of him. See, I was a fan of Johnny B. Bad. Uh, I hated the Wild Man gimmick. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I hated the Marvelous gimmick, too, but I just thought his whole WWE run was pretty lame. Which sucks, because I the feel end. like... I thought, I thought the beginning, it started out fine. It quickly it took a down spin, but... And the, well, the thing is, I feel like it just... It wasn't necessarily his fault or anybody's fault. He just... I don't know. It's one of them where he's a good wrestler. He just didn't match up with anybody in WWE, to my in my opinion. Him and Triple H had some decent matches. Uh, nothing that I was like, oh man, that was you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, was it him amazing. and Pillman or him and Regal or right? Everybody yeah, else yeah. you favorite he's with? <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, either way, uh, who the hell is Dave Meltzer talking about? The two white guys pretending to be black in, in WCW. So I don't know. Either way, uh, the Triple A show. We'll throw in a signed on... card for you. We'll both yeah, personally right. autograph for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, the Triple A show on June 14th saw the debut of someone named Rey Mysterio II. This mysterious person did an acai moonsault to the floor, but did it from the top rope. Hmm. I wonder what's going to happen with that kid. Okay, real question. Was this really Rey Mysterio Jr.? Yeah, it was. Okay. Because I only know him since 1996. So. Yeah, before yeah. that, I have no clue. And I'm probably going to get roasted. Well, you don't care about Rey Mysterio. I think he popped up in ECW in 95. Oh, yeah. Definitely first, yeah, because that's where they, they uh, poached him from. Right, yeah. And he well, it was, and uh, he had a Mexican death match against um, Psychosis. So it was actually pretty decent. So, um, it was one of those matches where, you know, they, they actually wrestled too. Yeah, right. And they brawled. It wasn't a, a freaking, uh, what's that idiot thing? It wasn't a, a Nick Gage style death match. Oh, no, good lord. Yeah. This was an actual, like, wrestling match that happened to go all over the arena. 
<laughs> this one's kind of funny. New Japan still wants Hulk Hogan, and they're using Brian Blair as the go-between. That's so, uh, that's B Brian Blair. Okay, get your stuff right. I'm going off of what Dave said, so <laughs> that's there we go. Um, but first of all, I want to pause. Wait, you know there. what? You know what? I retract. I don't think he could be B Brian Blair outside of WWE. Never mind. Yeah, I think that was. So, a- I, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I saw him go by. I just want to correct Brian. myself for somebody you know flames me. <laughs> well, I saw him go as B Brian Blair, but he spells out like B E E. Like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure WWE was B, period, Brian Blair. Right, yeah, it was. Uh, but first of all, I had no idea that... Was, was Brian Blair influential with, with Hulk Hogan? It's like, hey, we're pals, right? <laughs> good grief. He's got a really weird list of friends, though. If you ever watch Hogan Knows Best, his good friends are obviously Brutus, the and Barber, Greg Valentine, Haku. <laughs> and he brought, and he brought yeah, almost he's all got of really them into... Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> And he brought almost all of them into either TNA or one of the other, you know, little side yep. ventures he did. Dennis Rodman, he's good friends with him. Yep. Uh, but Hulk is asking for $150,000 per match. However, the problem is that even though he could probably justify that salary for some shows, it will also set a dangerous precedent. And all the other guys will expect to get paid accordingly for their worth as well. Ooh, and that would be awful. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that does happen, <laughs> by the way. So uh, it kind of blows up. Hogan does go over there, but I think it's I think he goes over there right before he pops up in WCW. So because there's matches with him and the Great Muda that are pretty good uh, and actually great over there, and he he does he does a few things. Uh, Jerry Lawler is once again the unified and undisputed champion of the world. He beat. Eddie Gilbert to merge the prestigious global North American title and the USWA All right. title. The fact that you said prestigious and you couldn't even get it out without laughing. Was <laughs> yeah. I'm dripping with sarcasm here for anybody that doesn't realize. Yeah, we got it, dude. We heard you break. You couldn't even get yeah. it out. <laughs> prestigious. Yeah. Well, my thing is, how it, I, is that the real name of the title? The global North American title? title how can you mean both that's like saying that's like saying you're the you know uh the the president of the united states of ohio or something it's like okay yeah uh i think there was like anyone that knows video games there was a call of duty called advanced modern warfare that never made sense to me advanced yet modern right something's off there it's like, so are you telling me that regular modern warfare is outdated? Like, <laughs> yeah. But staying in Memphis, prelim guy Ron Oaks was featured in a video package yeah. where, Jer- <laughs> where Jerry Lawler talked about how Steve Borden started at no- as nothing in Memphis, but changed his image and became Sting. Since Oaks looks kind of like Sting, he's now painting his face and calling himself the Hornet. Wow. <laughs> it took me a minute. The Hornet. Sting, ha ha ha, yeah. Okay, I didn't get that until you just said it. Okay. Yeah, it it, it took. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, okay, I get it now. Not clever. <laughs> I'll be honest. Good. I that would have been the last time I ever thought of it. Never ever thought about it until you said that. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Ron Oaks went on to do nothing. So there's that. <sighs> I'm sure he was a jobber on Saturday mornings on Superstars at one point. You shut your mouth. 
Yeah, uh, you could be right. Yeah. We talked about the big names <laughs> at one point that actually went on to uh, beat jobbers later on. <laughs> like, weren't you on a... I think we already yeah. mentioned B. Brian Blair, and I'm pretty sure, or is it... No, I might have been Brendan Zell. One of them was on one of the early episodes of Raw as a jobber. <laughs> so, yeah, <you> right. <laughs> like, remember him? He's a former, you know, big-time tag team wrestler here in WWF. Now he's a jobber. Yay. Excuse me. Uh, enhancement? Talent? Whatever? <laughs> Good lord. Uh, Herb Abrams actually managed to get another TV deal with a time slot on Prime Ticket Cable. Whatever the hell that is. It's probably the one that Dave Meltzer had that they canceled. (laughs) So Herb Abrams is still going here, and we know that he still keeps going because uh, you and I actually reviewed a Uh, UWF show from 1994, Blackjack. When you say still going, I think he might have just been getting going. Mm, you you might be right. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure the lineage of UWF. So I know I'm sure there they was... said it on Dark Side of the Ring, but I didn't pay attention to the years. So... Well, now that uh, Bill Watts was in WCW and all that stuff, and the UWF his UWF was officially gone. I think Her, uh, Herb Abrams could uh, comfortably use that title or that name, whatever, without you know repercussion from the cowboy. Oh God, and and. and Herb is or was Jewish, so you know uh, Bill Watts probably wouldn't have taken it easy on him. Right. <laughs> Sorry, oh, man. Get, I'm going uh, to hell. Now into the WCW stuff here. Uh, WCW's experiment, where they run three pay-per-view shows in a two-month period, is looking to be a bomb. The Sting versus Cactus Jack match at Beach Blast, which was originally advertised as the main event, is drawing zero interest. Although the match should be entertaining. If the taped Clash of the Champions does anything above the lowest rating in the history of the show, it's a win. On the bright side, Bill Watts is aware of how stupid this scheduling decision was. The gap between the Great American Bash and Halloween Havoc will give them months to plan instead of weeks. Wow, I didn't even realize it was that short of a gap. (laughs) Yeah, I never considered Clash of the Champions as a pay-per-view, but... uh, I mean, it wasn't, but they treated it like one. Right. It, then it, yeah, then it's kind of stupid, especially at this time. Like nowadays, we don't really think anything of it. We've literally had back-to-back weeks with pay-per-views or premium live events, pal. But now, you know, back in '92, that was like, oh my gosh, you know, we're burning the candle on both ends. Well, they kind of were. <laughs> yeah, but Great American Bash took place in July, and then um, Halloween Havoc wasn't until October, so they had plenty of time there. The first episode of Bill Watts' version of WCW Saturday Night aired. It was nostalgic to have Watts on commentary and such. However, Bill spent most of the whole show uh, making references to stuff from years in the past and concentrating on the history of Atlanta and all things Atlanta. Unfortunately, the show, <laughs> unfortunately, the show was broadcast everywhere in North America. Now I can go on there. Yeah. That's like... Look, I don't mind. I think it's kind of cool, you know, it's like from a um, an incentive to to bring fans in, like to buy tickets or whatever. The AEW plays to their local crowd. But at the same time, uh, it gets a little old sometimes. Like, I, I don't know if you feel that in same Chicago. Way. Uh, yeah. Well, every time they go to Pittsburgh, they bring out the the, you know, this I think the last time they were there, they actually brought out Steelers players. They have. Oh, I'm sure uh, you're not biased in this at all. 
yeah, well, it's not even just them. I'll get to the other places, but you know, they bring out uh, the the Steelers. They got the yellow and gold everywhere, and they just it's the whole night is about Pittsburgh. Like, uh, not trying to defend them, but that seems to be a Pittsburgh thing. I don't get it. I don't think it's just them, but accentuating well, they, a little bit on TV, yeah, probably. But they do do well, that when, crap all the time. Yeah, and then when they go to every every single time they go to Long Island, they make a huge deal out of it. And MJF's hometown and Long Island. Well, and, yeah, no, again, they don't. He does. And they play it up. I mean, I have Matt Cardone used to do that crap. Yeah. He fully well, did. I don't all know. All the magical Long Islanders. And then even when they came here to Cincinnati, they built up that it's like, oh, John Moxley has to be in the main event because he's from uh, Cincinnati. And then on Rampage, oh, well, uh, Brian, Brian Pillman has to be in the main event because he's from Cincinnati. And it's like, yeah, like, OK, I mean, uh, the John Moxley thing you could excuse because he's a main eventer there whatever. But the, <laughs> the the Brian Pillman thing was like, what? Like, is he I like from him. There or was his dad from there? Hold on now. We don't even know. Now he, you know what I mean? Because they were living here when he was born. I mean, OK, well. So, and he's a legit. I mean, because like, Dust is from Texas and Cody's announced from Atlanta. So, you know, so, I mean, like, right. You know, there's reason to be skeptical. Yeah. And, uh, well, I, I don't know if they actually lived in Cincinnati proper. Uh, they lived in, you know, around Cincinnati because you remember that one episode of, well, now in the archives, the episode of Raw where Austin invades his home. Yeah. Uh, that, that was, they said in suburban Cincinnati, and he actually li- was living in Kentucky. That's close enough. Yeah, it was. I, it is. It was just kind of funny, uh, but yeah. So, and and Brian's a legit Bengals fan and all that. So, <sighs> either way, I bet uh, he was happy. Uh, WCW went ahead and published all of the results of the tag team title tournament in the new WCW magazine, which hits the stands before the next show airs. So, is this the WCW- one where Doctor Death and Jimmy Jam won the titles. The one I'm not sure about. But I do know it says, so WCW decided to swerve their own magazine division and will be changing up finishes for the show for the 15 people who actually read that magazine. Good Lord. Ah, man. I get so tired of that. Like, they've done that with shows and movies where it's like, they're like, oh, well, it leaked on the Internet. Now we've got to change the ending. It's like, no, 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 It's it's fine. That ending is fine. Who cares? We'll still like it. Like, you don't have to swerve us, bro. Where it's like, well, everybody just assumes we're going that way. It's like, yes, that's called good storytelling. <laughs> if we, like, yeah, you, you imagine that would have ruined Endgame if they did something like that. <laughs> yeah, like, so we all knew well, they, they were coming back. Come on, so. <laughs> but we, we, ex- well, you know, everybody assumes that Thanos is going to die at the end of Endgame. So you know, we, we've, we've got to have him live. You know, he's got to go into the next phase. Like, well, spoiler, he dies at the beginning and the end. Yeah, see, that's where. So they did subvert expectations. How about that? <laughs> Good grief. Spoilers, by the way. And if you haven't seen that, what the hell's wrong with you? But. And I think everybody, if they've followed any Marvel anything, can figure out that Thanos is going to have to die. So, I mean, come on. Uh, no, they just lock him up in a, you know, a highly secure prison. Or they'll pull a su- <laughs> they'll, they'll pull a Superman and put him inside, you know, the, the what is it, the dark zone or whatever the hell. Yeah, right. Well... Uh, speaking of getting dark here, well, this actually isn't, it's, uh, considering who I'm going to be talking about, the story actually isn't all that bad. I am intrigued already. Well, Jake Roberts is definitely not coming <sighs> in now 
since Kip Fry was all about guaranteed money and Bill Watts actually wants you to produce. Well, about that. Okay. Uh, Was it it this Halloween Havoc that he popped up? This was 92, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, He had just left WWE after so many eights. I'm trying to figure out what happened there because, like, I've heard the story that he walks in, Bill Watts sees and tears up the contract, but yet he still comes in. Right. So I was wondering. What the hell changed? He, pro- he probably tore up the contract and then signed him to a new one that was more incentive based instead of guaranteed. That's what I'm thinking because he wasn't going to go back to WWE. I guess I never, never thought of that. I guess. I guess Bill did that a lot because uh, Eric Bischoff said the first thing, like when Bill Watts came in, first thing he did was like cut a whole bunch of con- uh, like uh, cut cut a bunch of pay across the board for like almost everybody. How is that legal if it was already a contract? Uh, I, I guess it was for the people who were not locked in or not, or they didn't have their money guaranteed, but with somebody like, uh, Jake, I'm going to assume after the whole WrestleMania eight debacle, which now in the archives, everybody go back and check that out. We talk about it a little bit. Um, I'm assuming he was like, well, here's what you're going to get paid. What are you going to do? Go back to them. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of dirty, but at the same time, I mean, Jake's not exactly been known as a reliable person. So, uh, Bill Watts, I'm, I believe yeah, with Bill your Watts, words, you may piss off somebody. <laughs> well, I think Bill wasn't Bill the one that, uh, employed Jake's dad for all those years. Probably so, it was, uh, um, what was it? I, um, I think it, I think it was him. Yeah. It was, oh, uh, mid South. Mid South. Yeah. Pretty sure it was Grizzly Smith uh, was with Bill, and then uh, he was—he probably just—I I know he had um, worked with Jake in the past when he was first starting out. So I don't know. He pre—he—he he knew the family. I remember that was um, that was a thing with Jim Ross. People kept asking because he was tight with Bill Watts, and they would ask Jim. They're like, "How did Bill not know what was good?" You know, because he, he claims he doesn't know anything about what was going on with Grizzly. You know the stuff on dark side of the ring they talk about and jim was like i mean if you don't ask about it you know if you're if you're really not paying attention you're not gonna you know because somebody's mind isn't instantly gonna go to that you know it's not like it's a staple of the forehead either yeah right and uh, i mean if you if you did some digging you could have seen it's like well it was obvious that he was doing all this it's like yeah but i'm sure bill watts had other things going on where he didn't exactly, you know, that wasn't at the forefront of his mind is, uh, is the guy booking my shows, you know, fooling around with underage girls, you know, especially if nobody else is looking into it. Yeah. Anybody, it's a very effed up and sad episode, but it was a good episode, I feel, of uh, Dark Side of the Ring. I can't watch again. Yeah, it's it's not one that you can probably stomach to watch twice, but yeah, it's it's out there. Uh, Final story I have here. Sid has been calling both the WWF and WCW wanting to return after the summer, you know, softball season and whatnot. Uh, Bill Watts, Bill Watts has no interest and isn't shy about saying so. The WWF also has no interest, but they're reportedly denying that they have no interest. So, well, he's going to go back to WCW. And I'm going to say this is right when Ole's in charge because, yeah, when he comes back. Yeah, well, there's people forget about that. And 
I'll be honest, I do too. That there's a gap because I thought it went from Watts to Bischoff, but no, it goes from Watts to Ole to Bischoff. Yeah, Mister you know, Flair lost the handing on TV. What are you good are you to me? People forget that, <laughs> right? Yeah, because it was uh, Ole, Ole first, and then Watts, and then Ole again. And I think, well, I think it was Ole Kip Fry, whatever. God, there was just revolving door of crap, and I forget where Herb, uh, or not Herb. God, who, who am I thinking of? The the one idiot, the Pizza Hut guy. Oh, Jim Hurd. Jim Hurd. Like, yeah. Speaking of. <laughs> yeah, not Herb Hurd. Yeah, you're right. That is correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jim Hurd, I forget where his tenure left off. I think it was uh, maybe Oli was before Jim Hurd or during Jim Hurd. I don't even remember. I'm going to say it was before Oli was after him because Flair left because of Hurd. And then the whole thing with Oli and the. Right. Well, Oli was in charge of booking twice. That's, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, that's why I'm getting timelines mixed up because uh, I know he was in charge when uh, Booker T and, and uh, C.V. Ray first came in as Kane and Cole. Oh, good lord, that's right. And they talked about this on 83 Weeks, actually, because Eric Bischoff was around at this time because the whole gimmick was, and, and I guess Sid pulled for them. It was like, hey, these guys, uh, I can't remember what territory they were wrestling in. It was like, they're really good, you should give them a job. And or so in Texas, the, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. I but I guess Sid really liked them, and he pulled for them, so they brought him in, and the gimmick they gave them was uh, runaway prisoners, and somehow uh, Buddy Lee Parker there was going to, or not Buddy Lee Parker, God, what's his name? Colonel Parker uh, was going to... What was like, his name? I mean, wasn't it Buddy Lee Parker? It was uh, Colonel Robert Parker. Uh, who the hell's Buddy Lee? I think I've heard that name before. Uh, Goldberg's trainer. Okay. Remember the the Sar- sergeant, the sergeant Parker? Yes. Yeah, but yeah. They were like runaway convicts, <laughs> right? Yeah, and they were convicts. But how did that come off on TV? Yeah, they had chains around their necks, being led to the ring by a Colonel Sanders lookalike. Just how it is? Just two black men dragged to the ring, or coming to the ring with a a southern white boy. Yep. And they didn't think about the image this would portray on TV. Oh, God, I know. And even Michael Had Hayes. Had been a top, it might have been a little bit, I mean, still no, but like, even if he had just yeah. like a, you know, they maybe. next. Uh, yeah, that too. And, and like, I remember it didn't make TV, but there is footage of it because WWE showed it on one of the Legends Roundtables. And even Michael Hayes, who's been accused of, you know, being, uh, doing a racism or two in his time, even he said that him and the other guys in the back looked at each other and went, holy smoke and dope. God. Or or he's perfectly within his mind. I don't I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, right. But anyway, that's it for the news and notes. We're gonna take our next break. When we come back, we're diving into Beach Blast 1992. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah brother, mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we somewhere. go way back, mate. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. 
We do ever do a podcast. Oh, we do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, 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 well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Hey, yes, yeah, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Yeah, but we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. It's WCW's Beach Blast 1992 from June 20th, 1992. The venue, the Mobile Civic Center in Mobile, Alabama. Hey, you know who's from there? Uh, who? Do you remember who? No. Sparky From, Plug. Oh, oh, yeah. STP, man. <laughs> Sparky Thurman Plug. STP. Good grief. Uh, well, anyway, the attendance was 5,000. So that should tell you where business is right here for well, pay-per-view. Hold on. How much is the venue, though? The Mobile Civic Center? Uh, that's, I think I this is about 50%. I think this I mean, was I'm not about... saying it's good, but like, can't imagine it holds like thirty thousand. It's mobile. Ten thousand. Oh, it it yeah. So this is about fifty percent full. That sucks for a pay per view, especially if you're We've supposed to be. Worse, though. We've heard worse. To be fair. Oh well, well, yeah. I mean, WCW two thousand exists. So uh, <laughs> either way, the, the I don't know why the hell I'm defending this. I'm not, but like, I'm just saying. Yeah, I've heard worse. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but the pay-per-view buy rate was 0.4, which amounted to 70,000 buys. That's like, that's not quite TNA in the mid-2000s. How many buys? But it's close. 70,000. I thought you said 7,000. Oh, okay, well, it's no. still bad. Yeah, I mean, eh, it's it's okay. A 0.4, eh. We opened the show with Tony Schiavone in a polo and slacks next to Eric Bischoff in a Hawaiian shirt. Tony Schiavone just looks because like a dad. Yes. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, Tony Schiavone looks like uh, like America's dad, and Eric Bischoff looks like he's modeling for like you know some uh, like Sears or something. What did <laughs> do you remember? What Scott Hall called him when they first came in with the NWO? He called him Ken doll. He called him a Ken doll weatherman lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there you go, man. Ken. <laughs> I watched. And now uh, with uh, weather, it's Eric. <laughs> It just reminds me, I watched the this movie that just came out the other night called The Lost City, and uh, Brad Pitt is in it, and uh, he's like an ex-Navy SEAL or whatever, and he, he rescues Sandra Bullock's character. She's like, why are you so handsome? And he's like, my father was a weatherman. <laughs> but anyway. Was it, uh, Deadpool in that? Was Deadpool in that? No, it was uh, Channing Tatum. Okay, so should be Gambit. And it was one of them. <laughs> right. They call up Bill Watts coming up to talk about uh, what he'll or what we'll see tonight on the card. It amazes me that he spoke for about three minutes straight without dropping one single racial slur. Good Lord. <laughs> I had to get another one in. Sorry. Uh, but we now go to Jim Ross standing. Okay, at real quick, before you go on, I forget. Did he say, let's hook him up? I forget. <laughs> that, that wouldn't surprise me, though. Wow. Uh, but we now go to Jim Ross standing at ringside wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Good God. I Still wouldn't be the worst outfit he would wear with a nightmare. <laughs> nope. Oh, good Lord. But Jesse Ventura is introduced on the you stage. Wait, you, wait, you wait till April, man. You just wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Then he's going to be That's praying for a Hawaiian time. shirt. <laughs> yeah, right. But Jesse Ventura is introduced on the stage, which looks like a beach. And he's in a beach chair surrounded by beautiful bikini-clad women. He comes to the ring to help Jim Ross continue their five-minute pre-show hype. This it just, ah, what a way to, you know, really introduce a pay-per-view, man, and open it up then, you know, with five minutes of talking. Well, this is what UFC does, to be fair. It's annoying. Like, good Lord, just punch somebody in the face. But our first match here is flying Brian Pillman defending the WCW light heavyweight title. Yes, light heavyweight title against Scotty Flamingo. Hell Seven yes. and a half minutes. Anybody that doesn't know, but you know what? I, I'm not going to give it. A, I'm not going to spoil it. Just Google Scotty Flamingo and tell me and what you find. This is another guy, by the way, within a year and a half, give or take. It'll mm-hmm. be completely different. <laughs> uh, isn't he uh, Johnny Polo at that point? Yes. Yes. He does come back okay. to WCW as not, Scotty Flamingo. Maybe not completely different. Well, he does. He does come back to WCW as Scotty Flamingo at one point, but he's got an entirely different gimmick. I like how we have that match with Robbie V. Oh, God. Yeah, I I like how how um, his name is Johnny Polo and he would carry around like a croquet mallet. That was something. Anyway, he was was Polo like the epitome of a white guy at a uh, uh, what do you call it? Country Little club clubs, country club. Country, yes. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he was, uh, he was the updated version of Jim Cornette. But in the <laughs> end, Brian Pillman tries to dive outside and face plants on the entrance, which by the way, is one of them that comes like to, to the ring. Like it's not a ramp. Uh, like it's the ones like, I got a feeling uses. I got a feeling we won't be seeing those anymore. If people don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the first time in history. I ever heard of any of anything like that happening. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Brian Danielson got his leg caught between the ramp and the ring for like 10 minutes while they tried to get him out. And thank God. I don't understand why they can just get 
can just get like a bunch of the big dudes to push the ring back a little bit. Yeah, that's why I was. I'm like, uh, I know the ring is incredibly heavy, but if you have to bring out half the roster, freaking do it. Like, good lord, I, I don't get it. But I don't know. Maybe there was something to it. Maybe it was caught on something. I I, I don't know. But either way, uh, Brian face plants on that entrance. On his way back into the ring, Scotty dives off the middle rope with a knee to the back of the head for the win. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarters of a star. I just gave it two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it three. I thought it was a really good opener. It was pretty good. I, I feel like, I don't know, it's kind of weird seeing Scotty Flamingo as a light heavyweight, but whatever. Well, to uh, be fair, it's not like Raven was exactly tipping the scales at heavyweight, though. So <laughs> That's true. Well, until his later years, but yeah. Oh, uh, I'm not touching that yet. <laughs> I didn't go there. <laughs> but uh, everybody put packs on some pounds in the older age, all right? So, uh, Except for Bully Ray. He went the opposite, but whatever. I think he's skinnier now than he's freaking ever been. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Time, yeah, last time I saw him, I'm like, holy crap, dude. Do you like just eat nothing but pure protein now? It was in New York, dude. His diet's pizza. You know that, so. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, and it's funny that uh, it's like his whole career, he was like, you know, the big, fat, pasty white guy named Bubba. And now he's he's like actually in shape and skinny and everything. Like, what the heck? I mean, good for you. I'm sure you'll live a lot longer now, but good Lord. Either way, next up, we bring out the aforementioned Johnny B. Bad to judge a bikini contest between Medusa and Missy Hyatt. The winner will be declared the first woman of WCW. Johnny explains that the contestants will come out three times. The first time, they'll be in an evening gown. The second time, they'll be in swimsuits. The third time, they'll be in bikinis. Okay. Uh, Missy Hyatt comes out first in a white evening gown. And the Medusa comes out basically in a wedding dress with a veil covering her face and carrying flowers. Yeah. I didn't get that one. It's not an even gown. I thought I did. I thought the flowers could be loaded with something. <laughs> right. But nope. I mean, by the way, was this her gimmick that she didn't want to do this or what? Because like the whole time she just seemed like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that was really her. Yeah, she hated the, uh, the not the wrestling company, but the uh, whole TNA thing. She hated it. Yeah, I get it. And then she made it part of her shtick later on. So I don't know. Did she or did Russo? Mm, yeah, combo. I guess yeah, because well, she wasn't going back to WWE. So, but after this, we send it to Tony Schiavone and Eric Bischoff. Tony says that earlier in the day, Ron Simmons was gifted the key to the city of Tallahassee, Florida. I did like this that because uh, ghost Seminoles. Yeah, right. Uh, I I did like during this. Jesse Ventura was like, "What is the key to the city by you?" Or he's like, hey, "Does it open the bank for you?" He's like, "If it opened the bank, I'd love the key to the city." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I think I'm uh, almost Ron, certain he's had the key to the city to uh, Minneapolis at at time. So yeah, yeah. right. Well, somebody, or, uh, Jim Ross had asked him, he was like, well, you were the, did you get the key to the city when you were the mayor of Brooklyn Park? And he's like, yeah, it unlocked the men's washroom for me. <laughs> what a barrier city. Yeah, right. But now we get the tailor-made man of Terry Taylor versus Ron Simmons. This one went seven. Okay, my first, my, my first note on here is, did you mention him last week? Uh, Taylor or Simmons? Uh, I feel like we mention him every week. 
Why is this a thing? <laughs> because he's the number one stooge, allegedly. So, yeah, I don't know. But this one went about seven minutes and ten seconds. Bill Alfonso is a referee for this one, calling it right down the middle, daddy. Uh, I need a whistle. No. Uh, in the end, uh, Taylor hits the ropes, comes back, and gets power slammed by Ron Simmons, who gets the pinfall win. Uncle Dave and I both gave this two stars for okay. Let's say you. I hated this. I gave it one. This well, you know what, Well, you know what Uncle Dave said was he said that, you know, Taylor made this. There was the only one that made this watchable. Did you really say that? Yes, he did. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't you don't want to upset well, your number one guy. Why do you think you didn't get one star like I gave it? You got to bump it up one at least. Yeah, right. Uh, well, after the match, Jim Ross interviews Simmons outside of the ring. It was very obvious at this point that they were building Ron as a big superstar. Simmons says that he's living proof that... Yeah. Uh, Simmons says that he's living proof that you can beat the odds no matter your color, income level, or anything else. He was a really great babyface speech before walking off. Uh, I actually enjoyed this. I thought it was a a really cool babyface speech, and... uh, I thought it it was better than the uh, match. (laughs) Yeah, right. And, I mean, if you're building a number one star, like... This this was not saying he didn't deserve it. I think he did. He was great. But this was Bill Watts's new junkyard dog. And even Jim Ross will tell you, he's like, well, you know, he had to have his big number one black baby face. Ever since junkyard dog, he was just enamored with having a, a top black baby face. Well, nowadays, it's the demographics. I don't know what it was back then. Yeah. Well, back, well he, he thought that only black fans will only tune in to see a black top star. And Jim Ross was like, black fans will tune in for the same reason the white fans do. If you have a top guy who everybody likes, but uh, back then it was a, that was a thing. And some people still feel that way now where it's like, Oh, I have to have somebody who, who looks like me. I'm not saying that's a wrong thing to have. I'm just saying it's like John Cena. I feel like appealed to everybody. And somebody like um, Bobby Lashley. I'm a huge fan of Bobby Lashley. It, I couldn't look more opposite from him. <sighs> but I think the same way. thing about people like Bianca Belair, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like everyone's fantastic. like, oh, obviously she's obviously she's good with the black woman demographic, but when she puts like pictures on her Instagram during Halloween of like every race of girls dressing up like her, that's mm-hmm. telling. Like, yeah, right. You know, you, you are much more than you than, than that. <laughs> Yeah, right. Role model for many people, so. Well, even, I mean, it's kind of a sore subject now because she uh, walked out, but even uh, Conrad was talking about, like, with Naomi. He said uh, when she first came out with that uh, glow-in-the-dark freaking neon title, he said he thought it was the dumbest thing he ever saw, but his daughter was like, oh, that's so cool. I want one of those. He's like, well, it's just not for me, but, you know, it appeals to somebody else. Same thing with Alexa Bliss's doll, too. Yeah, right. That's a little off topic, but it's like I laugh at people like, why is that stupid doll still on TV? Because that stupid doll is the number one selling thing they had for two straight years. More Seriously? On. Yes. Wow. Well, so, that makes sense. You talk about that, maybe do some research. Idiots. Right. <laughs> yep. Well, then you got ones like <laughs> that one was a hit, but then you got ones like, uh, you know, Rocco the dummy. That uh, nobody gave a damn about that thing. 
including the guys who had to carry it around because, uh, you know, it mysteriously got lost. Was it in London? Yeah, I think they said that it got lost in baggage, <laughs> their baggage claim yeah. or whatever the hell. Sure did. Right. Uh, this next match is Marcus Bagwell. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, for, yeah, that's right. That came with a, with a toy. <laughs> but up next, we got Marcus Bagwell versus Greg the Hammer Valentine in 7 minutes, 17 seconds. Yeah, I, actually, <laughs> <laughs> I will say I actually enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Uh, Valentine I did too. The, Valentine works the leg. Works the leg. Works the leg. Good board. <laughs> He uh, takes Bagwell into deep waters in this one before locking in the figure four for a submission victory. Uncle Dave gave it a star and three quarters. Good Lord. I just gave it two. Let's say you. I, I gave it two. Again, I need to know what shaves off the quarter. Uh, well, you know, Bagwell's hand was slipping. I don't know. He wasn't buffing I, the stuff yet, though. Yeah, right. Well, well giggity. Right. They came out wrong. He was only, he was only Marcus. Bagwell so far. He wasn't quite Marcus, Marcus Alexander. Alexander. Uh, not well, yet. That, that's, it's, that's coming. it's coming. Yeah, this was shaved off the quarter of a star. He wasn't Marcus Alexander Bagwell yet. I heard recently um, on one of Bischoff's podcasts where he hated Gary Michael Capetta because it was so stupid to have a middle name. Is that why he eliminated <laughs> Alexander when he took over? What the hell? He hated Gary Michael Capetta. He's, like, he's so damn pretentious. He had to have his middle name. Apparently that was a, a thing with him. Like, it wasn't WCW done. Michael Capetta or Gary Capetta had to have his middle name in there. Bischoff said, anyone who does that is so damn pretentious. And I'm like, well, what about MJF? I'm like, well, he is pretentious. They're so, you know, that's that's different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've heard that with a couple of people. I don't know why that sticks in some people's craw. Like, uh, I've heard, you know, some people in the, in, um, you know, the spotlight that'll have, you know, three names, whether it's, you know, they have a hyphenated last name or they use their middle name or whatever. And that pisses some people off. The great Iron Man. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Yeah, right. I I mean, I know it's not a middle name, but it's three names. You don't have to put the junior, but still. Um, Yeah. But uh, either way, uh, after this one is the former main event, now in the middle of the show. It is Cactus Jack versus Sting in a false count anywhere match that went for about 11 and a half minutes. Jack waits for Sting in the entryway and they start brawling during Sting's entrance. These two beat the hell out of each other and they barely use any weapons. In the end, Sting dives off the top rope with a clothesline to Cactus Jack on the entrance ramp and then pins him for the win. Uncle Dave gave this four and a half stars. Uh, I gave it three and a half. What say you? Good lord, what the hell was he watching? Yeah, four and I, a I half. Gave it, I gave it three, but wow. I thought it was really good, but four and a half? Like, give you an idea, by the way, of how things are still this day. 30 years later, Sting's still doing this stuff. Yeah, right? Nuts. And uh, Mick Foley is, uh, let's just say, not. <laughs> so, uh, and, and of course, you know, Uncle Dave had to throw in, oh, he won't be walking in 30 years. Well, he, uh, uh, he, about that? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, well, he's like, still who walking. Uh, Cactus. Okay, now to be fair, he does walk like a chronic limp. So Right. He's not going to yeah. be really wrong. Um, That's God, that hurts to say. It's like swallowing fire. Yeah. 
the fact that he gave this thing almost five stars kind of blows me away. Like, really? Whatever. Uh, Say what? So, well, check cleared. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, after the match, Cactus Jack looks. After the match, Cactus Jack looks confused and angry while squealing like a pig. And then we go to this one. It's Ravishing Rick Rude versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in a 30-minute Iron Man match. Uh, this must have been before Rick Rude, or before everyone got their new theme music. Was that 93 when everybody got the new theme? I want to say it was 93, yes. Okay, yeah, because Sting is still coming out to, um, was it Power something? Yeah, it's a remember? production theme, I think, isn't it? Yeah you, yeah, you said you really liked it, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it was called Supercharged, I'm saying. For Supercharged, that was it. But Yeah, I only know the yeah. name of the song was on one of the old video games. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, Rick Rude has some, you know, generic production theme here. Uh, he yeah, it's like it's, it's some rock theme. I'm like, that's weird, but... I don't know. I actually, my favorite song of his was when he gets his new WCW theme here before long. I love that song. Uh, but yeah, I think that was uh, Michael Hayes, right? That made it. He did the whole uh, album. Oh, did he? I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, because I was thinking so, it was Jimmy Hart. Uh, uh, well, Jimmy Hart's still WWE at the time. I think yeah. um, uh, during his Hall of Fame speech, Steamo mentions tongue in cheek how he liked this theme I like what Hayes made, which everyone hated. <laughs> nice. So one that says he's Ricky Steamboat, the family man. Like, wow, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of them were pretty cool. Some of them sucked. Uh, like Ron Simmons got Stings a pretty decent one. The best. Yeah, Sting and Steiner, uh Rick Rude, I loved his. Uh Ricky's still using his old theme here. Uh I didn't I, I don't know, the Ron Simmons theme was okay. Like Don't set to run. Yeah. It, uh, it was, yeah, something. Anyway, uh, Cactus Jack got a rock theme, too. I forgot about that. Yeah, but they ended up way. putting that in every video game ever because they couldn't get the rest of the good one. Until this year. Oh, Thank you, wow. video game guys. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love his WWE theme. Uh, but Ricky Steamboat walked to the ring with his wife and son. You've got to love the timely references on commentary, by the way, because... Uh, Jesse Ventura mentions uh, Dan Quayle, to which Jim Ross says, well, Steamboat can at least spell potato. <laughs> that's, who, that's who Quentin be, right? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, well, Dan, no, Dan Quayle was uh, George Bush, the first George Bush's uh, VP. Oh. For people that don't get that, he went he was like co-hosting like a, or he was like um, judging a spelling bee in Idaho and a kid spelled potato correctly, and Dan Quayle said, no, 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 it's P-O-T-A-T-O-E. And, this, and they were like, no, it's not. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah, uh, that's the VP, everybody. <laughs> but... And he never ran for president? Uh, he never did, no. Or not that I know of. If, if he did, he never, he never won the primary. Okay. But, but Ross then says that Rick Root is about as popular to the crowd as Ice-T would be at a policeman's ball. <laughs> Wow, good grief. I know. This is the height of the NWA, right? Not the wrestling company. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or, well, well, this is that's Ice Cube, isn't it? Or which I forget who's who. 
No, Ice T was. Uh, you're right. I think you're right. You're right. You're right. It was Ice T in that. Yeah, but but Ice T did have a song out called "Cop Killer," so there's that. <laughs> and now he plays a cop on TV, so there's that. <laughs> For 20 years, by the way, so it wasn't like a little cameo. It started as a cameo, and it came with each thing. Yeah, Good Right. Well, the first fall comes when Steamboat is running into a rising knee to the face in the corner, leading to a pin. Rude gets another fall shortly after that with a rude awakening into a pin because WCW had a stupid no top rope moves rule at the time, which will come into play no. later. Uh, uh, Bill Watts did. Well, because Bill Watts did, WCW did. So there you go. Uh, good grief. Anyway, uh, Rude well, gets hold on deca- now. Real quick, real quick. The rule did not apply to uh, NWA guys, I believe. Right. But NWA I think- matches could come off the top rope. I think NWA was officially gone by this point, weren't they? Or if they I were, I mean, yeah, probably. But I do remember I that being remember. thing. NWA guys, it get was. NWA guys can't, which was stupid as hell. Yeah, but I will get give you some credit because you did mention, you know, it's like the American League and the National League. You know, the American League has a designated hitter, and National League has to use their pitcher, which you know, obviously is no thing anymore. But. That's how we right. equated it, which, you know, got to give him credit for that. At least he had some reasoning for it, stupid as it may be. His two stupid rules, no top rope moves and no mats outside the ring. You know, because if you fall outside the ring, you know, you, you definitely want to risk serious injury. Freaking idiot. Yeah. Either That's how it was in the South, he said. Remember, that was his rule. Yeah. Uh, because of the no top rope move uh, rule at the time, Rude gets a... St- uh, disqualified for hitting a flying knee drop off the top. He then gets a third fall off a small package win or pin, rather. To get the, his second fall, Ricky Steamboat reverses a tombstone pile driver into his own for a pinfall. Steamboat ties it up with a backslide pin. Rick Rude locks Steamboat in a sleeper hold for the final minutes until Steamboat kicks it off of the corner and pins Rude to go up 4-3. to three. Rude then flies around after that, slamming Steamboat over and over and repeatedly trying to pin him. Finally, the clock strikes zero, and Ricky Steamboat wins. Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars. I actually gave it four. What say you? I gave it four. This was fantastic. Yep. Two great wrestlers, Rick and Rick. Uh, again, why are Ricky Steamboat's best matches against either Randy's or Rick's? <laughs> Ricky, Randy, Rick. There you go. Yep. I guess he did have a great match against Steve Austin, but, you know, whatever. Well, we'll get yeah, to I don't think you guys remember that one. Yeah. Right. But either way, that wraps that one up. We now get the uh, continuation of the bikini contest up next as Medusa comes out in a black one piece and Missy Hyatt wore a blue two piece. And then we follow that up with this. The Dangerous Alliance of Steve Austin, Bobby Eaton, and Arn Anderson with Polly Dangerously taking on Nikita Koloff, Dustin Rhodes, and Barry Windham. It is a six-man tag. Koloff out, man. You got yourself an all-star match here. <laughs> Damn straight, man. Hey, Nikita Koloff was, you know, the best guy in this entire match, man. What are you talking about? Uh, no, I, I spoke too soon. The best man in the entire match was the special guest referee, Ole Anderson. <sighs> Did they explain why he was the the ref here? Oh, but he was ref quite a few times in quite a few pay-per-views since their uh, 
Yeah, I don't get it. It's like, why are you? I forget which match, which match it was, but maybe it was when Sting won the title. He was uh, a referee. No, not when Sting won the title. He was a referee for something, and ended up, you know, turning on somebody mid-match. Yeah. I don't understand why this is like when you you and I discussed why are you putting Shawn Michaels in a match against you know with with uh, or he's the referee in a match with Triple H in it like obviously he's going to be pulling for Triple H in the match like come on and this one it's like why is Ole Anderson in there when Arn Anderson is on one side of the ring <laughs> I mean to his credit he played it right down the middle daddy with this one but still this one went 15 and a half minutes in the end, Barry Windham has a pin on Steve Austin when Arn Anderson comes off the top of the double axe handle onto Windham's back. <sighs> this gets the team disqualified. Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarters of a star until that horrible ending. I liked it. It was I gave it three. Let's say you. I gave it two because of the horrible ending. Yeah, the ending. Like, really? WCW Honestly, just... I didn't think anything of it until the referee called the bell. Like, what did I miss? Was the time over? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah, it, when well, yeah, I mean, just Jim seen Ross... the match prior, by the way. But Jim <sighs> Ross had said something about it, and I was like, "Oh God!" Like, <laughs> it's like this is happening. We go to Eric Bischoff standing by with Ricky Steamboat now, and uh, uh, Steamboat gives a shout out to his family. He says that tonight's match was the hardest wrestling match of his career. Was it, though? And that he proved that he's the Iron Man of WCW. He says he's coming for the U.S. title shot, and then Pauly dangerously walks up and interrupts him to tell him, it's not a title shot, it's a title opportunity, pal. No, I'm kidding. But anyway. <laughs> uh, but he says that Steamboat has used up all of his title shots, and he'll never get another one. Cactus Jack then trips Steamboat from behind and brawls with him all the way to the back. So there you go. And we get this. It's the final segment for the bikini contest uh, where Jesse Ventura and Johnny B. Bad are co-hosting it, I guess. Johnny's dressed like he's going to star in the sequel to Brokeback Mountain. Good Lord, I didn't say it. <laughs> I'm sorry. He looks like a rhinestone cowboy. Blitz and glamour. Like, uh, I don't know. And he's wearing eyeshadow. I mean, come on. And it's even Skyliner. Yeah, it's even to the point where Jesse says, I'm not even sure. Do okay. you even like girls? Yeah, I can't <laughs> believe that got I, that flew on TV. But, uh, I didn't see anyone batting an eye when we did take a work eyeliner. Just saying. Uh, he wasn't wearing eyeshadow, Greg. <laughs> this was sparkly makeup. I just, I, I, I don't know. I, look, well, that was part of the whole thing, though. Like, uh, Little Richard is kind of... Um, not he's not even in uh, flamboyant yes yeah well johnny said because uh, when he was asked do you even like girls johnny says why yes jesse you're just jealous <laughs> i mean ventura doesn't really have much room to talk with some of the outfits he wore back in the day right so look before anybody throws hate at me i'm not judging i'm just Describing what he's wearing, okay? He's wearing a little, like, sparkly cowboy outfit that's, like, pink and white. And makeup. So, there you go. And he didn't even have a toy gun, by the way. I mean, that part. <laughs> I feel like a real cowboy. yippee Kaye. <laughs> Freaking Kaye. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. 
But anyway, Medusa comes out first in a red, white, and blue bikini and some sort of white oh. caps. Was he married to Sable this time? Because that might excuse a lot of it. <laughs> was what? Mark Mara, was he, was he married to Sable this time? Because maybe that might... Uh, I don't know. I don't know when they got married. Maybe. If you got that at home, it doesn't matter what you do. But... Yeah, right. You can wear a dress out of the ring. <laughs> uh, but Missy Hyatt now says that her bikini was stolen and she can't come out. Finally, she does come out, and she's wearing a bikini fashioned from Jesse Ventura's scarves. <sighs> okay. Uh, Johnny V. Bad announces that Missy Hyatt is the winner, and Medusa gets angry. She starts shoving and slapping him uh, right to the backstage area. Bad now comes back out with Medusa's bikini top in hand, and Jesse says that he's going to go investigate. Yeah, because that's not pervy. Uh, I can't even say that. All of this is pervy. He pops his head back out of the from behind the curtain and says that Medusa is the real first lady of WCW, no doubt about it. Good lord, none of this could fly in 2022. Oh, it should. <laughs> we've got bikini contests, we've got uh, women getting naked, you know, obviously behind a curtain, whatever. Uh, we've got inappropriate peeking by, by dudes, we've got gay jokes, I just, uh, all of it. It's true, so it's not even here, folks. Yep, this is 1992. All right, 92. Just got to point that out. Anyway, getting back to this. Uh, well, actually, we're going to take our final second to last break. When we come back, it's the main event. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. He's simply ravishing. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Hey, we're back. Yeah, we're back. 
main event time. It is the Steiner brothers of Rick and Scott Steiner. Uh, I guess they were defending the WCW World Tag Team titles against Terry Bam Bam Gordy and Dr. Death Steve Williams. Uh, this match went 30 minutes. Williams and Gordy are definitely playing up the whole we're big in Japan gimmick. And they're wearing like Japanese style robes to the ring. Like, I don't know. I feel like Bill Watts was just like, you guys are famous in Japan, right? Where are these? <laughs> okay. Um, I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, when Dr. Death returned to WWE, or I don't like second return, whatever, and he's feeling Bart Gunn, it was a hardcore yeah. match. He threw him off the stage. He was wearing like a kabuki mask. Now it's starting to come What's... to fruition. Yes. Oh, now it's all God starting sake. to come to fruition. Now I get it. I didn't realize that. Makes sense now. Yeah, I just and I can't really say anything about them doing that because, um, like WWE, you know, it's like when when AJ Styles first came in, they're like, well, he's big in Japan, so you know, we'll have him put some Japanese symbols on his stuff, whatever. So, and it was kind of like that. They weren't saying, "Hey, we're from Japan," but uh, some people were pointing out. They said it was a little confusing because they're like, "Well, the crowd knows who the hell." Harry Gordy and Dr. Death are so like they're probably confused like why are they a team now what's going on I don't know but it was a really random ass team I remember that <laughs> yeah. but, um, look, watching back on history I'm like why is this a team all of a sudden the Freebird and Dr. Death no? yeah when they were feuding the last time I think they were in WCW so yeah this was this was weird but in Japan they were huge man and here, I don't know. These guys definitely wrestled a Japanese-style tag match. Uh, this one was pretty damn good, I thought. In the end, Scott snaps off the Frankensteiner on Terry Gordy just as the time limit expires. The match is ruled a draw, so the Steiner brothers retain the titles. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I give it three and a half. What do you say? I gave it two. The ending fully ruined it for me. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like the ending, but I don't know. I And I feel like to have a Japanese-style tag match, the Steiner brothers were the right choice. I think they've been in Japan by this point, so they knew oh, how to work the style. Multiple times. Yeah. So they knew how to They're work the style. They're on their way style out, and... too. WWE, so it's one of their final matches. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah, they were... I don't know. Both these teams were, I thought, paired up well with one another. You just look at these finishes, man. Like, you got a tie. Uh, right before that, you had a DQ because somebody came off the top rope. The Iron Man match was fine. Falls County were fine. You know, m- most of them were okay. But I don't know. Those, those last two matches really stuck with you. It's like, man, you didn't even spread out the bullcrap endings. <laughs> <laughs> but WCW had yeah, There was a DQ within the Iron Man match, too, because of the top rope thing, so. I know. Thank God that wasn't the ending. But WCW had the most boring pay-per-view endings of all time. So we go back to both broadcast teams of Shivani, Bischoff, and uh, Ross and Ventura to run down everything we've seen and tell us to tune in for the Great American Bash and all that crap. Then they light off all the pro- the pyro on the stage, you know, Cody Rhodes uh, style. I was like, is Cody coming? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Dusty's like, this is my new kid. His name is Cody. We light off all the pyro, baby. 
make him feel welcome. He is someday, baby. He gonna have the first, the very first ever interracial baby, and he's gonna end racism. Mark my oh, words, Daddy. Uh, we're gonna take our final break of the podcast. When we come back, final ratings time, and we'll tell you what's coming up for the rest of the month here on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. If you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Final time today. Final ratings time. Internet movie, Internet movie database gave the 6.8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it a 7 out of 10. I also gave it a 7 out of 10. What say you? I gave it a C plus. Decent show. I didn't think it was like I might have bumped it up to a B minus if the ending hadn't if it didn't end the way it did. Yeah. It sucked. Like that there was there was a good match and then it just like I don't know. The endings really can take you out of it. I mean there is something to be said about that. So uh, it's like uh, you know, you you and I talked about Eric Bischoff always mentions it's like if you sat through a really good movie and then the ending of it just like the last five minutes just was was crap. Like you're gonna leave the theater thinking about the last five minutes that sucked. Not, not <laughs> Who's looking at you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. But anyway, that does it for that show. We have got a good lineup in my opinion here for the rest of uh, June. Uh, next week, on June 15th, we've got our first Slammiversary of the month, our first of two. We're going back to 2007 TNA for TNA Slammiversary 2007 for its 15-year anniversary. And then June 22nd, it is actually our uh, double main event week. 
Rolling back to 97 in WCW to cover the 97 Great American Bash. And the bonus show that week is Clash of the Champions 2 Miami Mayhem. Yeah, uh, that one I've I've never seen the second one or the second Clash of the Champions. So this will be a first watch for me. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I usually like to see the old WCW stuff. So looking forward to it. And then closing out the month, it's TNA Slammiversary 2012 for its 10-year anniversary. We'll check that out. We'll talk about it. Going back to when Bob Roode was the champion. And it was it was a time I remember fondly in TNA. Uh, some of it was really damn good. Some of it was kind of like, eh, it's there. But we'll get into all of that in the coming weeks here on the podcast. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yep. And we will see you all next time. Next week, we'll bring you Slammiversary 2007. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.